Well, hello, everybody. I'm Del Shores. I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Del and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Hi, Del Shores. How are you? I'm really well. How are you, Emerson Collins? Are we okay, going to so do, do the show in our big boy voices? Yes, I have to be careful about my voice today because as we discussed the other day, my voice at this time of day annoys Blake McIver and he is standing not six feet away from me stirring a roux for the Mardi Gras for our, you know, Princess and the Frog Tiana watch party tonight. So he is very close to the sound of my voice. Is he giving you the side eye? Not yet. <laughs> You keep that, keep that, that when I did radio in, um, yes. in Waco, they, they were always talking about, you know, the, the big boy voice. You talk yes. like this. Hi, this is Del Shores from KRZI News. Yeah, I did that at Baylor. Uh, 107.1 KWBU Radio Free Waco. Yeah. yeah. Um, how was your Valentine's weekend? How was everybody at home? Everybody else? What'd you do for Valentine? I, um. Well, I taught. I taught uh -huh. acting, uh, and I uh, I had a, a valent uh, a, a galantine a galantine. Yeah. I went I went out to spend uh, the evening with my 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 dear friend Beverly D'Angelo. We walked the Malibu Beach, and we drew a big heart in the sand, and um, watched the sunset. And it was and then watch the Notebook. <laughs> we did not watch the Notebook. We would I think we would have had to do my best friend's wedding thematically or something yes. like that. Yes. You know. Yes. She, I mean, a platonic life partner is a genre of film. We need more entries. I think we do too. We have such a fun time together and there's no expectations. Nobody felt the need to get naked or anything. I guess, did you get naked? Did y'all get naked? We, yes, yes. Oh, good. We girl. had what in the South, we had a little performance. <laughs> and I say that because there was costumery. So oh. it was genuinely. Oh. Well, I feel like that our audience might want some details. Well, we're not. <laughs> uh, the, uh, well, and of course, Blake's show Saturday night, we ordered like our fancy dinner Saturday night. So Sunday night, uh, we uh, just had leftovers and things. I tell you, I got to say something. That Blake McGiver show was awfully good. And, and I always think it's funny if you, when you say awfully good, because, you know, awful is not the, but it was so good. It was so yeah. good. I just went down the path of Carol King's tapestry. I knew yeah. every song that was to come. I love that he did them in order. It was fantastic. And I it, all, all the patter and the trivia. Yeah. I was in heaven. I felt like I was listening to Carol King-ish. Uh, and, uh, and 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 Casey Kasem commentary at the same time. Oh yes, you want to say hi? <laughs> He's stirring. Thank you, Del. Oh, That's what nice. you making over there, Blake? Gumbo. Gumbo for Mardi Gras. <laughs> And wearing the shirt to tell us. Yeah. Oh, that's that's we. Uh, that's just the first shirt. He has so much Princess and the Frog merchandise that there are multiple costume changes through the course of this evening. In he has not gained any of that. That COVID nineteen has he? Not one single ounce. It looks like he has not one bit of fat on that body. One of his mental health things in the pandemic is working out and making sure his endorphins go. So he works out for an hour every morning with this uh, Swedish woman that's terrifying in the good way on the YouTube, on the TV. And then my workout is at the end of his workout, I come in and I help move the coffee table back where it goes. 
Oh, that? And do you tell him off a little bit? Just no, but he said, it's become the, do you want to come do your workout? And that means move the coffee table with me. Because that's the extent of mine. I love it. I love it. Um, so everybody else laughed today on the show, Emerson so Collins. Is everybody all right? I know a lot of y'all are down. My parents have been sending me photos of the snow. My brothers had, you know, the blackouts uh, in Dallas. It looks like a number of people... Is everybody staying warm, thinking warm thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, would expect, I would expect we have less people today because of the internet uh, Look, being out. I, I had last night in my class, I had five people from Dallas who were not able to be in my writer's class last night. Well, I expect if there are good fans, they should use that cellular service and to the last drop of their cell phone until they just run out of juice. That's right. You don't need that last emergency call. You should be here with us. I'm kidding. Seriously, I hope everyone is uh, doing okay in in the frigid, frigid cold. It's it was 68 today here. I've got on a sweater. I yes, I walked I walked the hills and I felt I felt guilty about putting a little plug on on Instagram and saying, and it's 67 <laughs> degrees right now. Uh huh. You're like, oh, and it's going back to 70 and 72 tomorrow. Bill said eight inches of snow in Michigan. More to come. Not I've always liked eight inches. I think eight inches is a good amount of snow. Well, also, by the way, eight inches usually means six. Yes. Yeah. Are you lying, Bill? Is it really six inches of snow? Did you exaggerate that too? That's what you call an internet eight, which is a six by the time it gets to your door for some and reason. Then, and then the ones that start with halves, eight and a half inches of snow. Yeah. Uh, Leanne said a level three emergency, so many people without power. Yeah. I mean, we're joking about our weather, but seriously, I hope everyone is okay. I know there are lots of places because the difference in the North and the South is it's not prepared normally for this kind of extreme for this amount of time. So, um, I, can I say one thing? I know this is so on topic, on off topic. I love what's tw uh, right now on Twitter. A lot of things are trending, um, like, uh, these, uh, you know, from our, our state of Texas, politicians who said things about our uh, source of it when we were saving energy, when we had to save energy because of the fires and everything, they were making fun of us back then. Everybody's retweeting them and saying, this didn't age well. This didn't yeah. age well. Dan Crenshaw. Of course, also lots of people are tweeting about how it doesn't seem like Highland Park has lost any power at any point. And is there a reason their part of the grid is doing better than others? Huh. I don't huh. know. I don't work at DWP, but um, all right. Well, I figure if you're here with us in the show, you've got enough internet or juice in your phone to be fine. So we're glad to have you. If you watch it back once the weather lets your internet come back, we're glad that you are okay. But what we do here is LGBTQ news and nonsense. And I do have uh, one fun little Valentine's story to share out of Chicago, but I'm sharing the graphic. So I'm not looking at the story yet. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Drag Queen Valentine's. I this made my heart happy. Out, yes, it was Chicago. Over the weekend, the Chicago Black Drag Council partnered with a nonprofit, Our Art of Giving, and local businesses to create the Valentine's Day Senior Prize Project. With several bars, and they created over 200 Valentine's Day for older LGBT plus people living in town hall apartments. Joe Mama, drag queen and co-founder of the Chicago Black Drag Council said, 
within the LGBT community, we can find ourselves often outaged or overlooked. And it's important that we make sure that that doesn't happen. It's our inherent responsibility to give back to the people who open doors for us. They made gorgeous handmade cards featuring punny messages like this one. You're one in a melon and you've stolen a pizza my heart with a pizza box. I love that. I got a Valentine's card behind me from Rob. I did too. I got mine from Rob. Oh, I thought I was special. No, you're not. Jesus. Do y'all remember at middle school and things? You know, that that was such pressure. In elementary school, it was fine because your parents bought Valentine's and you just had enough for however many were in the class and everybody changed them. But like middle school and high school, when they would do those anonymous carnations and things, you know, you could buy a carnation for a dollar have it sent to somebody's classroom. And there's always that one girl, she had like more than she could hold. And you're just sitting in the back hoping the politics, the flower. Delivery. Well, I remember even when I was a kid, I remember that there was this kid named Donald Goins. And I just remember Donald Goins always ate boogers and he was just quite trash. And, and he, I remember on Valentine's day, he okay. only got like five or six Valentine's. And, but my mother, my mother, Lorraine Shores, she made me give Everybody a Valentine. It was it was it was it was non-negotiable. You write because you know you got tired of writing at that age. You go well. I don't want to give Donald Goins one. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think we even wrote them. You know, it's like those those ones that included candy, and it was like you just handed them out to everyone in the class. But I distinctly remember sitting in a high school class watching those carnations come through and knowing I was not going to get one. Oh, did you not get one? Ever oh you look but look at you now with that hot man at the stove with making gumbo. That's right. It 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 does get better, Sarah Hunley. All right. All right. Well, let's go to this story. Politico is reporting that a Republican strategist who has spoken to Richard motherfucking Grinnell is, uh, and I don't mean that in a positive way because sometimes you can say motherfucking Collins. No, I'm saying. Richard motherfucking Grinnell is interviewing campaign strategists and laying groundwork work for a potential run for California governor. If the bid to recall our governor uh, Newsom goes forward, uh, this strategist said Grinnell plans to announce his campaign once the recall effort qualifies for the ballot. And it looks like it's going to qualify for the ballot. Uh, Grinnell denied that he is already interviewing strategist, but as we know, he's just a grifter and a liar. Uh, Republicans in California are pushing a recall effort to remove Gavin Newsom, uh, which could trigger a ballot on replacing the official. And Grinnell has been very vocal. I don't know this because he's blocked me on Twitter, so I can't follow his every amazing word. Uh, but he's targeting Newsom for the coronavirus restrictions. And honestly, I, I uh, Newsom has not done so great. And it is uh, it is a recall that uh, probably is going to happen because of his, some errors in judgment here. And we do have that ability here. If you all remember, this happened. That's why Arnold Schwarzenegger became uh, the governor. So um, anyway, uh, y'all remember, I think, though, well, wait, one thing. I think he's going to have a sad awakening as to just how popular he is with the Republican Party. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I don't. I, I don't think it's going to go well. I think with Republicans, it will. I don't. That's, I do. I think all these people that are still Trumpy and all that stuff, they love that he's a mouth. He sounds like Matt Gates. He sounds like Dan. 
Well, he'll have to unblock me then if he becomes governor because it's illegal to block like people. I point out that a year ago at the beginning of this pandemic, when we first started doing stories about him and I said, you did. All of this was because he wanted to run from office. That's why he moved to Palm Springs. That's why he started targeting Newsom last year, long before Newsom made some of the mistakes he's made now. It is drawing attention and awareness to show that he's been advocating for California. And now it's going to happen. I thought he would maybe run for mayor of Palm Springs. And I thought, you know what? If mayor he- of Palm Springs rotates around that council. You can't even run for it. You cannot run for mayor of Palm Springs? It rotates among the council. So like Christy Holgreen, that's mayor of Palm Springs right now. I've got several friends I want to run. I've told Scott Nevins I wanted to be mayor. Of Palm I kind of want to run. I think I'd, I'd do all right in Palm Springs. Get you, I, you start that journey. Get involved in local politics. Get yourself on a committee. And it, Lord, let's get you on the ballot against Grinnell. The great advantage against Grinnell, hopefully, is that California leans so heavily Democratic that even a bad effort on Newsom's part, if he's the only... Uh, Democratic person in opposition in the recall effort, or however the that goes. Yeah, uh, the Democrat is more likely to win. But we are we are going to get hear so much about this man out here. I'm already tired. Yeah. What else, Emerson? Anyway, up in Iowa, we're going to keep sharing these stories of the attacks on trans people and trans youth around the country in Iowa. Republicans are trying to ban schools from even teaching about gender identity with a new bill that would update elementary school curriculum standards in the state to say, the curriculum provided to a student in accordance with this subsection shall not include instruction relating to gender identity. So I'm gonna talk about it. That worked out so well for abstinence and sex for so many years. Mm -hmm. The bill says that if teachers do intend to discuss gender identity in school, they need to get written permission from all the students' parents first. Doesn't block schools from using the concept of gender at all, but it limits teachers from discussing the idea that there is a gender-related identity of a person, regardless of the person's assigned sex at birth. Basically, they just can't mention that trans people exist. This is on top of the bills they've already induced about bathrooms, school sports, and outing trans youth to their parents from school. But it it really does, it makes me think of the abstinence-only programs. You know, like not telling people about something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Well, act like children aren't old enough to understand how they are different from each other and how their experience can be different from each other is ludicrous. It also reminds me of that guy I got in that, that feud with, uh, Stacey Camfield. Remember the don't say gay bill in Tennessee? But that, that did not go. That did not happen. Don't say it. What? Gay. Don't, don't say gay. Don't yeah, say it. Don't say it. No, don't say it. Oh, there's lots of support for your Palm Springs campaign, Dale. Just so you know. You, you, you ready? Palm Springs loves me, y'all. They don't. You, they, okay, I'm. I can see it now. We we plan the announcement ceremony with a podium beside your star in front of the Palm Canyon Theater. And I would say, "Hey, Palm Springs, do you see my pussy now? I'm running for mayor." <laughs> can you please just put that on the posters? Um. Well, this next Um, this next one. uh, Thank you for giving me this story. And since you gave it to me, I thought I'd put on my come and go hat on and uh, maybe I just do it like uh, Jimmy Dale Watkins um, would uh, do it. Uh, I've got to use my glasses. Oh, Jimmy Dale would not have glasses on, but I can't fucking read without my glasses. Okay. All right. Last year out video game streamer, Justin Moore talked on a stream about his favorite gas station, which is my favorite gas station. It's called the come and go. I got me a hat, the come and go, got me a bottle opener in the hat. 
And he said, somebody remind me that I want to get come and go merch. For those of you who don't know, come and go is a gas station. Come and go. Yes. Yes, sir. Is a real gas station. They did not think that name through. It's spelled K-U-M and go. So this fella uh, named Justin Moore, he went to to buy a trucker hat like I got on from their website, but it was sold out. So he wrote him a letter and he said about the hat. He said, I like the hat, y'all. And he said, I may like to suggest something else, a come and go jock strap. I think he has been talking to old Emerson College, which you know can also be used as a face mask, eventually become a part of your merchandise collection. Have you seen the excitement about around the Chromatica jockstrap by Lady Gaga or the Nike jockstraps? So he got a message from Come and Go. They answered him. They said, thank you. Thank you. And then he went off and started tweeting about them. And now he has launched a partnership with them selling t-shirts and tank tops that say, come and gay rights. Come, you get it? K-U-M and gay rights in rainbow colors. $10 from every purchase of these t-shirts, y'all. It goes to the Trevor Project, which is a wonderful organization that helps LGBTQ, LMNOPQ, RSTU uh, youth uh, with uh, with uh, when you know when they're free, feeling down and 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 thinking of taking their lives. So these these shirts now are only available for a week. If you want one, get one. I'm gonna put the link up here. Um, you got the link, Emerson? Yeah. Put the link up. Ah, uh-uh, Jim. Fuck you, Jim Adele. You don't get to run this show from over there. And scene. <laughs> okay. That was fun. Um, I have to say, I, I wanna I do want to tell y'all, I did order a shirt today, and uh there is a uh it's it's only 1995, which is a great deal for a t-shirt, and it's a it's a soft cotton and everything, but uh there is a 1295 uh shipping uh federal at FedEx. So they don't really tell you until the credit card thing comes in. It says Oh, 1995, 34.95. I don't care. I won't. I'm going to wear it the moment it comes in. I'm going to wear it on the show. And y'all, if you want one, this is the stream the streamer who set it up. I think it's hugely amazing. They also come in tank top. Uh, yes. For y'all like me. And when you think about it, even 1995, 12.95, $33, 10 of that going to the Trevor project is a huge contribution. That's not like 10% of profits. That's a real real donation. I think it's impressive for this specifically Southern brand uh, to lean all in with that. So y'all want one. It don't, they only, they just looks like they just did a week long. It ends in like two days. I put the link in the chat. If you want one, you can get it there. Y'all go get it. But I did. I saw that story and I all but squealed with joy knowing that it was a story that you would so enjoy because it has been such an important part of your life. You didn't know I was going to bring out the hat though in a match. I wonder if Jimmy Dale pitched a line of, I don't know, boxer shorts or something. He, he, would, he wouldn't have gone for the jock strap. He would need some big old boxers. Yeah. Uh, he uh, some, one of those, those awkward blousey kinds that in the back, the seams are on the side. So it's not in your crack, but it looks like you pooped a little. Yeah. It's all big, poofy, big, poofy. It's like bunched in the middle for comfort, uh, but it looks like he, you got. He sits on his patio and he yells at Misty. Misty. Bring me a beer, god damn it. Uh-huh. That one. That one. But that was delightful. It made me smile. Me too. 
I love I love doing Jimmy Dale Watkins. I, I know you do. But like we love a stage performance, a command performance. Y'all go see Del Shore Six Characters in Search of a Play, where you can see Jimmy Dale Watkins in long form. Yes, it's it's on Broadway HD right now and Deku and just uh, and Emerson directed it and I loved his direction of that. And we just got distribution from Breaking Glass. So it will be out on DVD and um, Blu-ray and streaming everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. All right, up next, um, the reaction to the Biden administration's pro-LGBTQ positions, executive orders has gone international. So what we talk about, having an administration that leads and pushes on our, our issues sets an example on how our community should be treated to be a leader on human rights around the world. Well, in Nigeria, Bishop Ima Isong of the Pentecostal Fellowship of Nigeria defended Nigeria's law criminalizing homosexuality and slamming Biden. He said, I personally take it as a rumor that America wants to sanction governments that are anti-gay. Let there be an official letter signed by the Secretary of State of the United States telling us to become gay then we invite the president of the U.S. to come and marry a man in Nigeria as his second wife. Now, there's more, but the amount of wrongness in rap, we invite you to come here and marry a man as your second wife. That's not how any of that works. He said he must practice what he's preaching. If the president of America wants Nigeria to practice gay, and I do, I love practicing, he should come and marry a man from here so we will know he means business. He went on to say, we have the right to be anti-gay. If they sanction us for being against gays, we can sanction them for believing in it. What do we we need? Need? Yeah. That's what I want to know. What do we need from them that we can't get somewhere else? That they're threatening us sanctions. I don't mean to be rude, but, you know. Well, and also, you know, how frustrating the members of our community there this is what they're hearing at home, you know? So right. us here, we can't change their laws directly, but hearing what we're doing, standing up and setting an example on these issues, uh, there is a cause and effect with the power we can wield and influence around the world. But I just, all of that, like you gotta come here and practice gay. I mean, I will practice gay anywhere. I will practice it in my home, I will practice it on vacation. I will practice it in a pool. You are practicing it right now. Just, just stop. You're always practicing it. You are. You, you, I think you've gotten it down, Emerson. You they do say practice makes perfect, and some of us are as perfect as anyone can get it. And there you go. I have to make a correction. Someone in the chat room said that uh, the postage is only four ninety five for that. Uh, if you choose you you UPS. Uh, USPS, uh, United States Post Office. So I must have checked the wrong box. So anyway, my fault. Oh, okay. So it was your fault. My fault. My fault. So it's all right. It's all right. Someone, we, someone give me give me $8 to make up for that, that I, I messed up. I messed up. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Y'all can tip today. Editing. Reading so, comprehension skills mistakes. No, I'm not done. Uh, Nigeria, it's, there's a lot of conversations we've had right over the years about Uganda and the various places where homosexuality is definitively still um, illegal, criminalized, where it's dangerous for them to come out. And it's a big and important reminder that what we do here does have impact other places. Like, yes, we are more fortunate in certain ways as we continue fighting, 
But what we do, what we say, and what our leaders say does have an impact. Because if it's worth this man speaking out against, it means it's being hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at your glass. Look at your mug. I was going to show. Yeah, so this is uh, Danielle Paris, I think, is in the room. Uh, I love this mug. It says, choose love. She's an amazing artist. One of our good friends. Uh, find her on Facebook and order some of her shit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, this is I, I, uh, this story. Izzy Decker is in the eighth grade in a small community of 900 in Kansas. And she was heard on her, the bus, overheard uh, by another student saying, I am a lesbian. Uh, the bus driver referred her to the principal, told her parents that she had banned her for riding the bus because of inappropriate language. Her mother, Tasha Cooper, said she's 13 years old. And these are adults acting like this towards her. We've had talks about other students calling her names. And I expect that because they're repeating what their parents say. But for the staff, the people that I trust her with, I was angry. And rightfully so, Tasha. So now they have to drive a half hour to drop her off and pick her up. And Izzy also said, it made me so upset to think that people go through this every day and also that kids are growing up thinking that it's a horrible thing and they shouldn't be talking about it at all when honestly it should be the other way around. That is a wise 13-year-old, y'all. Um, out teacher Michael Lazarus, thank goodness that there's some support for her uh, in, the, in the district passed out pride pins and said, I just really want to let Izzy know that there are people that absolutely support her. So what a what a, what a horrible story that turns beautiful. Lance, I wonder what would have been done if the girl would have said I'm straight, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's interesting, you know, what I hear from this story also, besides obviously the frustration we all feel at a, at a school and a community and a bigoted bus driver, I also hear evolution in that this is a 13 year old girl this izzy no problem saying i'm a lesbian yeah you know like the problem is outside of her and that's what i love that there is not conflict and concern for her she got in more trouble because she wouldn't stop saying it but that her conflict is outside of her and she's worried about the impact on other people this is a 13 year old centered in her identity with no, no but, but also let's let's acknowledge how it, it it comes from Tasha Cooper, her mother, who 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 has given her a, a place to be who she is, which not all of us had as we're growing up. And I think that that shows evolution as well. It's it's kind yeah, of but what I'm talking about is her internal sense that yeah. there hasn't been put into her, even though she clearly also still is in a community uh, that I see that as progress from the way so many of us developed how we felt in middle school like the idea that in seventh or eighth grade i even knew understood what the word meant understood how it what i was thinking feeling being so even in the frustration it, there it's nice to see the the steps that are moving up so you're saying that on a bus you were never able to say i am a lesbian emerson correct okay. now i would i just would <laughs> now i would feel comfortable and strong and strong yeah, well, I've told you the story before. My daughter, Caroline, she decided she was a lesbian about eight years old, told everybody she was a lesbian, but then that didn't work out for her. So Rob said in 1985, I told my youth pastor in Methodist church in high school, and he said, so what? Well, that's a great, I mean, that's, yeah. that's well, wonderful. The Methodist, Emerson, we were raised Baptist. 
I know the Methodists were so much calmer and low key on it all. So much. Oh, and the Episcopalians that, you know, the, they were like, well, whatever, whatever. I honestly think you can tell by the ones that thought, you know what? We're not giving up drinking. Yeah. If, if there's, if they're not going to give up dancing and drinking, they're much more ready to be okay with homosexuality. You know what? I get it. Uh, you're yeah. not hurting. I'm not hurting anybody with this beer. You're not hurting anybody with that analingus. You know, we all do what we do. After a few cocktails, I mean, who's not? Right. Who's not? I, I, you know, where I'm from, we just call it friendly. Ed <laughs> um, is here as representing for the Episcopalians. Episcopalians, yes, my mother would call you Catholics lot. Uh -huh. Episcopalians are Catholic lot. Um, all right, well, we have reached the midpoint of our show. So if you enjoy what we do here, either the serious or the silly, you can send us a tip. If you're sitting on a few extra dollars or a mountain of money, you can send us a lot as a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. The information is in the ticker below. And yes, if you want to send $8 for Dale's inability to read a website, <laughs> as such, I will give him that a whole $8. Just, just make sure it says, this is for Dale's error for that t-shirt. Um, um, no, I will pay for that myself. I don't expect anybody to be responsible for my mistakes in life. I, I, I'm good for it. I'm going to, here's some way I just, I go, you know what? I'm just, it's stimulating the economy. It's right. FedEx, FedEx. Uh, what's going on? I'm typing that information into oh. the chat. Oh, okay. Usually I have a lot more time. It's rare that you're. I didn't know if I was supposed to fill, if I was supposed to stretch. You know how they stretch. You need to get your thoughts so urgently. Um, all right, rolling on. I thought this was fun. Have you watched Bridgerton yet on Netflix? I've watched the whole thing. Okay. No, just once, but love now it. Now you understand my obsession with the deliciousness of it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And, and, and the hottest straight sex I have seen all year. I believe oh, that. have you watched a lot of other straight sex this year? Well, I've been binging Sex in the City again, and there's a lot, a lot. Oh, yes, there definitely is. Well, if you haven't watched it, we talked earlier uh, this season on our show about Jonathan Bailey, who plays the oldest brother, who is handsome, straight, having lots of sex, um, and in real life is an out proudly gay man. Well, I did not know this and just learned, which was very exciting. That Golda Reshuval, who plays Queen Charlotte, is also out and proud. She said in a recent interview, there's not a lot of us around who are gay, female, black, and I'm very privileged and blessed to be one of them. I'm not saying that I speak for a community. I'm a small voice in that community, but I think each of us who has a small voice creates something big and something wonderful for the next generation to see themselves and be proud of. I'm very proud of who I am. And about the show's larger representation, uh, she said, to be able to create the space where you can have a black queen in the highest watched period drama on Netflix, you can have that to be able to break down the boundaries that make space for black and brown people to be in a lavish, sexy, scandalous, beautiful representation of life. The journey's not over, but it's definitely going in the right direction. I all but squealed when I saw this story. Yes. Because and I love it. A space for a black queen. I'm it, watching. It, yes. I mean, we're watching RuPaul's Drag Race on Friday nights. There's there's some space there for some black queens. 
But I love that she is, no, and she's it. delicious on the show. I mean, no, she's, she's so just great. This, like, she's all caught up in the gossip. She's bored. She's irritable. And she's sad with that husband losing his mind. I forget which one. Blake keeps track of that part. Uh, George. George the what? The madness of King George. But he was George what number? The third. Oh, he did. He had like a cameo. Uh, but anyway, but I do. You know, I get, I, I will forever and always get excited by representation for our community. I remember when, when Dawson's Creek was the only show on TV that someone from our community uh, was there. And now it's impossible to watch all the shows that people from our community and characters from our community are on. But Firefly Lane is a new show on Netflix and, they, and there was a surprise reveal of homosexuality and I squealed. Blake looked over and laughed because I, I didn't squeal, but I clutched my chest. I. I just get that excited to see, gasp. to gasp. see our stories every time. No, it wasn't a full gasp. It was a, oh, it was like, oh. That's a gasp and an all. That's a, a, a half gasp and an all. It wasn't, there was oh. not a sound for the gasp. Yeah. Just, you're, 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 well, you're, yeah, you're inhaling for the, for the, for the all. Yes, it was just a regular old inhale and then an all. Uh -huh. But your inhales are a little more dramatic than most. That is um, not true. Uh, so okay, well, we have a uh, third grade student. I'm just all in the 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 the, the graded junior high school stories today. Yes. Uh, Horizon Elementary in Utah bought a copy of the illustrated children's book called "Call Me Max" and asked a teacher to read it aloud to the class during story time. Now, this is the story of a young trans boy who comes to terms with his identity and begins to make new friends. The teacher who had not seen the book before deflected the students' questions, including one about puberty. Furious parents, oh, they were upset, complained to the Murray City Council District and they decided to suspend uh, equity book bundle program. Is that supposed to be a quality book bundle program or equity? Uh, I don't know. At this point, when you're reading it off the script, it's a little late. I know. I should have looked that up. The program <laughs> provides diverse and inclusive storybooks to elementary schools, mainly focused on race and racism, as only two of the 38 books on the list are about LGBT. Uh, plus community. A spokesperson said that they are pausing to review every book to make sure similar concerns don't come up. Saying again, that book is not appropriate at the grade level it was being shared. But the author, Kyle Luffoff, uh, is trans and said it was written for kindergarten to third grade. He said, if it's only a problem, if you think uh, that being transgender itself is wrong and it's not. That's something the parents then has to work through. So I was, I was thinking about this. Okay. So, so let's just say, you know, cause I'm a parent and I'm thinking, okay, if they read this book at my kid's school and my kid came home, if Caroline or Rebecca had come home and started asking me questions about this book, it would just open more conversation up about what trans is and explaining that uh, th that this exists in in our world, and I mean, what's really I'm, I'm thinking about my kids now, and one of their very best friends that we grew up with uh, is is trans, uh, and it would have been a great book for for him to hear at that at that point in his journey that yeah. that would be a possibility, 
you know? So I, I, it's, 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 it's sad that there are such limitations because you think, okay, maybe you, a, a kid's not going to understand, but all it does is it allows you to be a good parent. Yeah. Also, I feel like every time we hear one of these stories, and I certainly don't have children, so I'm not speaking as a parent, but we always hear that people worry about explaining something to a child. And then the way the story always goes is that they say, so I told them this and the kid went, okay. And then like, when I, like children are not bothered. No, not no, not at all. When you give them the explanation, they go, oh, okay. Cause they're learning about the world. It's another piece of information for how the world looks to them. It's the reason you let kids read books is to expose them to things that you can't expose them to in the regular world. You know, we can't go, Africa and see a giraffe. So here's a giraffe in a book. Like it's, it's expanding. Right. Well, that's the point of reading. And for Kyle Lookoff, the writer, to say like it's written for kindergarten to third grade. It's not some deep, uh, some deep thing. It's like when they used to say you can't discuss gay with children. We're not trying to explain eating assholes to children. We're just saying some people love some one kind of person and some people love another. You know what we? You know what would be a um, a great children's book? Honestly, yes. Uh, those penguins. That that uh, the gay hey, penguins. Yes. I mean, of course, there is that stealing of the egg part, but uh, that's those... awkward. Yeah, you'd have to. It'd have to be. You'd have to change the story a little bit. You can't have the gay penguin nest robber. No, you would have to have like uh, maybe some other penguins uh, abandon the egg or something. And these... they found an egg of mysterious origin. There you go. There you go. But it seems like that would be a very good uh, children's book. With the you know, with penguins and and, right. and, and gay and and parents. Yeah, um, well, it's like you got to read them children books like Granny's Gone to explain death. As Rob says here, kids have to have death explained to them at an age when one of their grandparents, another family member, beloved neighbor dies. I'm gonna write that. Granny's uh, gone. Uh, Granny's gone. Where'd she go? How about this? This is Del Shore's version of that children's book. Granny's took a Granny took a dirt nap. Yeah, <laughs> by Del Shores. <laughs> I wrote it for third graders. Uh huh. They're like it's for kindergarten to third grade. Is it? Well, very specific. Granny took a dirt nap. Granny, <laughs> it would rise so fast on Amazon. Granny took a dirt nap. <laughs> it sure would. And speaking of children, uh, Blues Clues was a huge show. Uh, that started in the mid-90s, and it is now back, Blues, Clues, and You, as a reboot. And they recently posted a YouTube video with the alphabet song. And in theirs, when they got to the letter P, it said, P is full of pride. And this image, full of a whole series of pride flags, the regular one, the trans one, the bi one, intersex, and more. Animator Sammy Chan said, the first thing that came to my mind was P for pride when I got the script. I'm so excited that all of y'all are as happy as I am. I also did all the letters and graphics for this episode to be as inclusive as possible for Black History Month. And again, you teach children earlier that early that that's the way the world is and they just think that's the way the world is. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, you know, we love Dolly Parton and, and anytime there's a story about Dolly, she will be on our show. She is beloved by our community and uh, a college professor at Eckerd College in St. Petersburg, Florida has started to teach a college course 
on Dolly Parton. Uh, the course connects her music to social issues from class to race relations to economic representation. The professor, Grace Lager, wanted her students to focus on something that would bring current issues out comfortably. She said, we had a lot of things going on in our country. These are issues that our students want to talk about and they need to talk about and it's uncomfortable, but music seems to be the salve. Uh, Dolly Parton, was someone who was able to address these issues through her music. Uh, NPR has a podcast called Dolly Parton's American. I have not heard this podcast, but people are raving about it. Thinking I'm going to start listening to it on my hikes. And uh, Lager assigns anything from readings, episodes of the podcast, analyzing Dolly's appearance over the years, and an analysis of her song lyrics. Uh, one student said that, uh, through the class, they learn progression, freedom, forgiveness, and the way forward. I just love that. So I want to ask y'all, okay, so if you if you could take a college course, if you had been able to choose back then, or if you're a young person, uh, what artist or, or what soloist, what actor, what group, what course would you want to take? And I was thinking about that myself. And I thought, you know, Alanis Morissette would be a good, uh, that jagged little pill, that whole journey there. There's yes. religious, there's bigotry, there's anger, there's vengeance. Did so, we ever find out what movie she was watching when she gave him that blowjob? I don't know. I, I don't know what that was. I thought, I, I, I feel like it was Pretty Woman. I just feel like it was Pretty Woman. Because it's you know, a little on the nose. <laughs> it was Valley of the Dolls. I wanted to <laughs> they, be were they were peeling and blowing. Like, I just want it to be. Um, so, yeah, what musical Anybody? singer, soloist, or act, what body of music work would you want to study? Uh, I know that mine, I decided, mine would be Britney Spears because you could do a whole class. First of all, just there was this documentary that just came out and all that uh, our culture put her through. Uh, but you think about her music when she released Baby One More Time and she said, my loneliness is killing me. And I must confess, I still believe. And then when she released that song Stronger and she said, my loneliness ain't killing me no more as a callback to that first hit. I mean, you could just do a whole lecture seminar one week on just that thread. That's and also bad. Lucky, the story of a, a young girl, successful, just crying. She's so lucky. She's a star, but she cry, cry, cries in her lonely heart, thinking, if there's nothing missing in my life, then why do these tears come at night? Mm. Well, <laughs> way, right. to bring, way to bring the room down, Emerson, with some tears tragedy. Well, yeah. I mean, well, fortunately, there's a, a cultural reckoning going on on how the entire culture contributed to that. Eric said Stevie Nicks. I like that. Boy, Whitney I like that. Norman. For the people, when you said actor, Rob said Leslie Jordan. Well, that'd be a funny course. Scott uh, majored in RuPaul. But I want you to only do RuPaul's music. Like, I want it to just be the musical body of RuPaul. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, here's a, I mean, while we're waiting on the, okay, okay. We're not waiting. There's a whole bunch. Okay. Corinne, Laura Neer, I don't know who, I don't know her. Uh, a poet. A poet? Yes. I mean, she, she's a she's a singer, but she is a poet. She's a true poet. Oh, a poet. You know. Joan Mitchell, another poet. There's another poet. 
I bet you think that song is about you. Well, yes, I do. Madonna. Uh, hold on, I lost. Are you are you quoting Carly Simon for Joni Mitchell? Oh, yes, I sure did. Oh, please. Look, all that shit came out when I could not pay attention to the music. We can, we, we can't. That's a good song, though. Uh, she would be entire college course. <laughs> she certainly uh, could. Prince. Oh, Prince would be very good music. Right well, up for that Dolly course. Tori Amos. That lot of angst there. Danielle, the Beatles. I mean, I, I thought feel like that the Beatles too, Danielle. I think that's a great choice. That feels like almost a whole college degree. Like one semester wouldn't be enough. And of course, your sweet, sweet Tammy. Tammy, why not? Well, what about um, Guns and Roses? Someone like that. Some really dark. Or, 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 you know, Kurt Cobain and uh, Courtney Love together. The course together. So you, mean, do, uh, you do Nirvana till he dies and then you do yeah, Hole. And then, and then you start with Hole. Yeah. That's a two semester course. Yeah. You get two, uh, eight credits for that. Leanne, Taylor Swift, Queen, Clay Aiken. If I were invisible, I would just watch you. Like that's, you could do a whole semester on stalker songs, right? That invisible <laughs> song from Clay Aiken, I'll be watching you from Singing the Police. Charlie Bassey. Well, Shirley, Shirley's amazing. Um, Anderson. Shirley Bassey, I believe. Brian Carey. Oh, they, he's helping me learn. Nero's best song, Stony End. Yes. And does a great version. He did write Stony End. Tammy Faye Baker, Loretta Lynn, Celia Cruz. Lots of fun courses. Ooh, Celia Cruz. Si, por favor, Celia Cruz. What did you major in? I just want to take one a semester. What did you major in? Challenging female characters of music. Yes. Um, well, I would like to do a whole course on on those those girls that you know because I always identified with Alanis and Jewel and Paula Cole and and now Taylor Swift even a little bit. I I'm still in the twenties and thirties uh, with this and angst. That fifteen year old on the front porch and that yeah. screen door just speaks to your heart. Speaks I get to it. Me. Speaks to me. Some emotions are timeless. But, uh, you know, or Tony Orlando and Dawn tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. That would be, um, that's way before what? your time. Well, sorry. The song, but then what happens? Okay, you tied a, yellow, a ribbon around the tree, then what? Well, they, they came home from the war. It's a war song. I know, but like, he's going to come home anyway. I'm just saying the ribbon didn't cause it. If you still love me. It's if you still love me, Emerson, it's not about he's coming home and the ribbon's not bringing him home, but tie a yellow ribbon. He's saying tie a yellow ribbon. If you still love me, I've been away for a while. Come on, come on. You're like that's so that when he walks up with the big bag over his shoulder, he knows what's going to happen before he gets to the front door. Cause it'd be awkward if she said, who, who, here. Yeah, and there were lots of ribbons. They tied lots of ribbons, a hundred or something. Michael said, actually, Yellow Ribbon is a jail song. Oh, is it a jail song? About coming home from the clink? I'm coming home. I did my time. That's right. Well, there but you go. I thought it was the draft. I did my time. <laughs> did my time. I got to know what is and isn't mine. Um. <laughs> All right, that was fun, y'all. This next subject is serious. I think a lot of you will remember because we started doing the show at the beginning of the pandemic as Drag Race uh, was airing last year. And I believe that we talked here 
but you may not be familiar, so Cliff notes, Sherry Pye was a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race last year that after they filmed the majority of the season except the finale, it came out that she had catfished a number of men pretending to be a casting director and engaging with them repeatedly, getting them to make audition videos for a fake stage play and then TV show and film, asking some of them to then perform sexual acts that she encouraged. Um, there were allegations that she had some of them do steroids um, and a and there was news reporting with quotes from five, the number at least 12, and then significantly more than that. So over the weekend, it came out that Tamron Hall on her daytime talk show was going to have Sherry on the show. It caused a big roar online of people saying that she shouldn't be giving uh, him a platform to speak uh, over the victims. And online, I watched Ben Shimkus, who was one of the people who originally, one of the first people to put his name to it. And in the original story, he tweeted, just so we are all clear on this, I spoke with producers at Tamron Hall Show and told them that I and the 20 victims that I spoke to today do not want them to air a segment with Sherry Pie. They're going to air it despite all of our requests. This was after he had written a long earlier thread where he said in part, our trauma shouldn't be whittled away to clickbait. We deserve better than this. The conversations that center around survivors, not our perpetrators. Now, two pieces, because the early clip that came out said, Sherry Pry, who there were lewd allegations that she catfished people. So it wasn't framed in the way that many understood the story from when it happened. And also back when it happened, Sherry's only statement about it said that the allegations were true. She admitted it. Um, so this isn't a, he said she didn't thing. He said the allegations were true. Um, so that segment did air today and we both watched it, yes? Mm-hmm. I both wa we both watched it. Yes, we did. And it was very interesting because of the size of the reaction online. Um, Tamron started the show by talking about why she interviews people. She said, as a journalist, we have people on who do terrible things. I've interviewed murderers and rapists. She even went so far as to say that the person who murdered her sister in 2004, she would interview that person. She sees it as journalism. She said, we talked to R. Kelly. We talked to... Uh, she said, Jeffrey Epstein, I'm sure had interview requests in his inbox when he died. And so she spoke to her 30 year career as a journalist and that this was not to give uh, Sherry an opportunity to promote anything, uh, to make excuses. Um, and so she clearly heard the hurt and fear is what I saw it as. People were one afraid that of course, outside of our community, is Sherry famous enough that she deserves the size of this platform? Well, the original story was in BuzzFeed News. And the fear that we, our community has historically too often been portrayed as predators and that people who haven't followed the whole thing would only see the story and associate it with that. So then there was the interview, which to me was not much to do about nothing, honestly. It was, it was um, can you remember the, the who the name of uh, she brought in in somebody the only one person would talk to her about the the, uh, the Ryan is another uh, writer and host of I believe a snap Snapchat show I forget his last right name. Ryan and uh, she she brought him in and, and he 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 basically said it he said nothing that Sherry said or Joel said that couldn't have been said on a. a Face, you know, Facebook Live or Instagram Live, and it was just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm being treated for 
you know, borderline personality disorder, whatever. And the the thing that I mean, my perception of it was this, and I, I certainly heard and listened, and I uh, and I do agree that we don't need to rebrand. We don't we, we don't need to help rebrand people. I don't like I didn't like quite frankly, I didn't like Kellyanne Conway on American Idol with her daughter trying to rebrand herself, trying to make us feel like she's a good human being. Uh, Sherry Pie just needs to go away, deal with her shit. And I don't need to see her anymore. She the, the, these victims suffered greatly. And I did not, uh, you know, and, and yes, we we say, OK, no judgment, no judgment. Yes, but there is some judgment. We, we, we go. I didn't feel I didn't feel a huge level of remorse here. Now, in that there is a very big um, uh, in, in in borderline personalities, very difficult to to to, to treat. Uh, and lots of anger issues, lots of uh, negative emotions. They gravitate towards negative emotions. Psychiatrists don't even right. like but to deal with them. And 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 this is what I wanted to get to, Emerson. Then I'll just stop. Yeah. Uh, they they are known for not feeling empathy. So uh, right. so I, I, I it, it, but but regardless of your mental health issue, there's tons of people who live with that who aren't catfishing and asking people to do steroids and right. and asking them to masturbate on camera um, and doing it. What I actually no, he didn't defend it. But no, it didn't really reveal anything new either. It seems like all the effort to do the interview didn't get beyond uh, the surface level of, I'm here to apologize. And she pointed out in her 30-year career, she's never had as somebody who did a sexual predator like this apologize or own up to it. So that's specific. Did you find it odd that he said it never was sexual for him, even though he was asking for sexual acts? He said well, it was, I, he sex. said it was about control, which I get though. It's like you know, you know, people say everything's about sex except sex, which is about power. You know, if it's about control through sexual things, and I don't know that falling down the rabbit hole of fed the fetish of like getting these guys to look bigger and bigger that that would have served the the wider audience. Um, but it was interesting that it became a meta conversation on the nature of media and her being given the opportunity to do her job well. Uh, because they talked after that, you know, about being a black woman who's had to work through and people saying you haven't done your research. I think the advanced marketing they did, did a disservice to what she actually did do with the show, you know, because it did seem like allegations and catfishing. And this was much bigger than catfishing is the. Yeah. And I think honestly, it was interesting to me because she brought Ryan on because I think she thought, well, I can win. Ryan over in this conversation that people who do bad things can be interviewed. People interview OJ, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Ryan wasn't having it and, and she got rid of him. She did not like that. Oh, that's not the way I perceived that. I did. I didn't. I thought like he agreed with her online. Like he was saying, let her do her job. And then his reaction was like, well, we didn't get anything out of that. I, when she got rid of him, it seemed like she was about to get emotional about her career and have people's perception of her oh, doing okay. well, Maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I misunderstood. Um, but nonetheless, the priority is the victims. I do think that is true. We do interview lots of terrible people in order to understand behavior and culture. There's an interest in knowing the why, but I didn't think we got anything new in that for all of that it came through. Mm -hmm. So um, that's probably all we'll have to say about that. I think it's relevant to our community. I think considering, because there are people 
you know, what she did is very different than people who made a bad joke once, you know, who made a, who said a shitty thing. This actively changed and impacted these men's lives, the jobs they had, what they did to their bodies. And yes, they are in control of their own decisions, but pushing a, the opportunity to do something you want to do under false pretenses, knowing you are changing someone's life, body and behavior is in a world different than people that come on to an apology and move on with a lie. There was something also very interesting to me about the just or not the justification, but the explanation of it was I thought I was about to lose them as a friend over and over again. You were losing all these friends. Well, you must be a shitty person. What were you doing to lose all these friends? And so you deceived to keep them in your life. That's that was the explanation. So anyway, moving on from Sherry Pie. Rob uh, said borderline personality is very hard disorder to live with it. Absolutely. Um, so a, a new um, online festival is aiming to be the LGBTQ uh, South by Southwest, which is great. Unleashed LGBTQ runs March the 25th through the 27th online with virtual events, including fashion shows, film screenings, interviews with LGBTQ activists, celebs, entrepreneurs and politicians, musical performances, stand up product showcases and more. Uh, Wesley Smoot is the festival director. And so for the full uh, lineup and to register here is where you visit. It's running there, uh, unleashedlgbtq.com. Uh, it, it's, it's running on our scroll there. It's exciting, like making something bigger than a fest, uh, film festival, lots of different areas. So that's uh, out of Dallas. Our good friend Arnold Wayne Jones is working with their media. So. Sign up, check it out. You can tune in from anywhere. Online festival because pandemic. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign up. I'm gonna register and register. They ought to have you as the as a featured contest. I'm thinking, I was thinking, Jesus. Been around. Uh, all right. Well, after that deep dive, I wanted to end on a lighter, uh, delirious note. I was not familiar with this, but Blake was already. So I'm curious to know how everybody else was. Dr. Young's ideal rectal dilators were created in the 1890s. You bought them and they had instructions that walked in detail through how to put it in your butt. And then it said, sit or lie down and allow it to remain for half an hour or an hour to get the best results. 10 minutes will accomplish much. Y'all, it's just a butt plug to be, I hope that's clear from the visual. Um, Dr. Young admitted <laughs> that people would often panic when they saw the sheer girth of the largest size. That's this one. Um, but he said, and hold on, I've got another photo because it's even more intense. Uh, but that once people got used to it, they may even want to take on the extra length dilator number five, which Ooh. is more than an inch and a half thick. Now, this was for medical purposes, y'all, not for personal pleasure, medical purposes. And let me please tell you that they said that it was for, to help with defecation by strengthening and toning the muscles controlling defecation. Y'all, it helps you poop. And it was mainly marketed as a tool for relieving constipation. And apparently this did work for some people. Now where it gets interesting is that there were also claims it promoted the following refreshing sleep, could relieve foul breath and bad tastes in the mouth, sallow skin, anemia, lassitude, 
mental hebitude, insomnia, anorexia, headaches, diarrhea, hemorrhoids, prolapse, flatulence, indigestion, nervousness, irritability, extremities, just general extremities, and acne. Can you imagine if somebody came over to your house and said, would you put in this butt plug? It'll clear your skin right up. Noxima, butt plugs by Noxema. I was looking for anxiety and depression. I did not see that on the list. Uh-uh. I feel like it might make you a little anxious, but insomnia, you can't sleep, put in this butt plug. Got a bad taste in your mouth? Forget that Listerine, try a butt plug. Now, diarrhea, I feel like that only works if you're using it as the plug. Like, oh, I'll just stop it up for now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a court case about this, y'all. The FDA determined these claims were not backed up and that the device would be dangerous to health when used with the frequency and duration prescribed, recommended, and suggested on the labeling. So y'all don't do it for an hour a day, apparently. The products were destroyed before they even found that Dr. Young had also claimed in a medical journal that it would be effective in curing insanity. Are you feeling a little off? Sit on this butt plug. Oh my God, that would have been so great for most of my family. I know. Uh, I'm gonna start recommending it to people. Oh, oh, you got a you got a, a zit? Do you eat some chocolate? Got a few zits? Try a butt plug. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? Here's a butt plug. And then you start in that small one and wake your work your way up. I know, know that big one reminded me of this Polish guy that I picked up at Club Cherry one night and I got home with him and he said, I hope you're a bottom. And I said, Well, not okay. tonight, I'm not gonna be. <laughs> No, not sitting on that fire hydrant. <laughs> Woo! Uh, can you imagine? You've got sallow skin. Well, it's a pandemic and we haven't been outside. Can't go to the beach, get that vitamin D, try a butt plug. <laughs> I don't even know what mental hebitude is. I'm so happy that you ended our show on this joyous, wonderful, I uplifting. I did. I'm bringing it back around. Um, you know, our good friend, Debbie Holiday is doing a live show today, a do over Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific. You got an hour, tune in over on her Facebook page uh, for Black History Month celebrating. She's doing Aretha, Rihanna, and a bunch of her original music. It's been a while since we've talked about her. She does these all the time. Y'all tune in. Oh, I love that picture of Debbie. And yet you will not be sorry. She's amazing. Oh, wait, hold on. We got it. We already. So is acne a sign for a tight ass? Uh -huh. <laughs> Butt plugs by Calgon. <laughs> Judy <laughs> said, my butt plug makes me sing better with a high voice. <laughs> All right. We have a bunch of stand-ups in the house today. Everybody, look, if you can't laugh at a butt plug, I don't know. I, I at one point bought a size, a series to like work on it. You know, I want to be good at everything that I do and, you know, working it up. <laughs> Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to send us a tip, on PayPal or on Venmo, you can send it on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to BeardCollinsShoresProductions at gmail.com. As always, we are grateful for your patronage and support. Yes, we are. Thanks are you, uh, wait, are you giving up anything for Lent tomorrow? Oh, wait, everybody, this is your homework. If you're giving up something for Lent, think on it and tell us on Friday. Uh, carbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with all that shit. In the words of Octavia Spencer in Blues for Willa Dean. All right, y'all. We will right, see you on Friday. Have a great Fat Tuesday. Bye. Bye.